0: peanut butter and jelly lunch of the day to do his miracle to meet the needs of so many people he also used the peanut butter and jelly people of the story in order to accomplish it there was philip and andrew two of the lesser known disciples not known for making a great mark or anything we know very little about them actually compared to some of the other disciples and yet there they were that day used of jesus And then then there's the boy in the story. Uh, Other than in this story, we know nothing about this boy. We don't know his name. Nothing. You have an outline in your bulletin if that's helpful to kind of follow along and jot some notes. So often we listen to and read about these famous people that are in our lives. We see them on TV, the Sean, what was his last name? No, I forgot it. Sean Alexander or Tim Tebow or others in the sports arena and so on as they give a witness for Christ. Famous people. There was Billy Graham, who younger people probably are not as familiar with him, but he was a legend during my boyhood and years growing up. Or Rick Warren, a pastor that I really admire that's doing an incredible ministry of sharing God's good news. Or Amy Grant, who I knew since she was 17 and a half years old. And Jeremy Camp and Switchfoot and Casting Crowns and on and on the list goes of these kind of great people, these upfront people, these people that are all around. Does God use famous Christians? Yes, He does. So often we listen to them, we read about them, but little changes in our own lives. Sometimes we have great ideas or great thoughts, great commitments that we make. It's spiritually uplifting, but so often short-lived. The next great comes along and sometimes it's easier to follow them than the God of scriptures that they speak of or that they sing about or give witness to. But sometimes we use these Christians as kind of a a status symbol, and we live vicariously somebody else's experience versus living our own relationship with Christ. And that leads me to the punchline of our text today. That's on your outlines, the second point there, that God uses ordinary Christians. He uses ordinary Christians, like you and I, for extraordinary purposes if we let him. The pages of God's Word are full of examples. There's Moses. Moses in this basket in the Nile River found by the Pharaoh's daughter <clears throat> and becomes the leader of a nation and leads God's people. How does that happen? Or there's David, a the little shepherd boy, the youngest of the bunch of brothers, just a kid. And we read his story in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 10 and following. Jesse, and that was David's dad, had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. And so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Oh, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. But he's out tending the sheep. He's just a boy. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. And so he sent and had him brought. And he was ruddy with a... Fine appearance and handsome features, but young, just a youth. And then the Lord said, rise, anoint him. This is the one. And so David plays out a very significant role. Samuel's money was on Eliab, we read in verse 6 of that text. But God had other plans. And there's an interesting verse tucked in this chapter. Verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance, nor the height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things as man looks at things, because man looks at the outward appearances. But the Lord, he looks inside at the heart. That was the criterion on which David was chosen by Samuel to be a future king of God's nation and God's people. Or there's Jesus Christ. He came to earth. He was came to earth to a peanut butter and jelly family a Mary and Joseph, to a peanut butter and jelly town, the town of Bethlehem, and later to live in another peanut butter and jelly town of Nazareth. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. Or to the peanut butter and jelly birthplace, a stable, a feed trough, in which he was first laid. And yet God used all this to change the world. Reality. We all feel rather ordinary. Sometimes some of us feel insignificant, overlooked, slighted, not much to offer. We're kind of down on ourselves. We feel so ordinary so much of the time, little to offer. What can I possibly do? I'm not a Billy Graham, I'm a Billy Goodwin. <laughs> Have you ever had a mountaintop experience? gone to hear a speaker maybe promise keepers or women of faith or or some retreat or conference or a camp or chick or some event these are incredible wow it's so awesome i felt so close to god it was neat to be with god's brothers and sisters uh my brothers and sisters god's children how awesome and we make commitments light little sticks and toss them in the fire or make prayers or write down in our journal things that we are going to do. And then we get home and two weeks, three weeks, four weeks later face it there's only one Miss America a year and it's not me. Not just because I'm a man. We as a church are guilty of this too. We as a church very often get the feeling that Oh, if only we had more, and then fill in the blank. More leaders, more people, more younger people, more babies in the nursery, more money, more facilities. And the list goes on and on of all the things that we think would help us. I can remember my last church, I wanted our Savior's Lutheran Church's new sign that they got, one of those digital signs. Oh, so awesome, so neat. I wanted it so bad for my church. We had such a prime location where it would have been just so awesome. Why does God give us this or that? We could, if he did, we could do more ministry. We could be more active for him. And so we kind of sit around on our duffs waiting for God to do something miraculous. And, and in the meantime, our church council, our committees, our pastors have to veto this or that because we haven't given of ourselves to be available to pull along with and to do the ministry that God has called us to do here. Lack of time, lack of younger people, lack of leadership, lack of finances. In our text, the disciples just wanted the crowd to go home. If they would just go home, they could get their own food. We wouldn't have to worry about it. And that's just like today's disciples. We often want our community to go away so we don't have to feel guilty about not feeding them. But Jesus asks, what do we have here? what do we have here and paul said all we have i mean philip said all we have is pocket change nothing it won't it's not gonna do anything and even if we had a bunch more money we still couldn't accomplish it by the way if you've got pocket change you can put that in your covenant world relief cans Andrew came back from his search. I found this boy with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and so on. But what's that? How's that going to feed the crowd? How's that going to feed the masses? Jesus kind of brushes aside their lack of faith, their sense of hopelessness, their sense of despair and pessimism about what might be possible. And he has the crowd sit down in verse 10 of our text, and he blesses and thanks the peanut butter and jelly sandwich In verse 11, and then he fed thousands. We read about it in verses 11 and 12. And brothers and sisters, I believe that God is asking each one of us today, what do we have here? What do we have here about each and every one of us? And what's your response? Excuses, like Philip? Rationalizations? When I first came to Faith Covenant Church, I felt God asking me, Bill, what do we have here? And my answer was, a peanut butter and jelly pastor. And I believe God wanted to take me, to give thanks for me, and to distribute me so that our community might be fed with the good news of Jesus Christ. That no one would starve for the lack of that good news about Christ And what he wants to do for every person in Sumner and Puyallup and the surrounding regions. You, Faith Covenant Church, you have made a number of choices and decisions in the past four plus years. Decisions to step out in faith, and that's in our name, Faith Covenant Church. To take our peanut butter jelly lunches, our peanut butter and jelly lives, our peanut butter and jelly church to offer them to the living Christ and to see how he might do his incredible work so that many would be spiritually fed and follow him, that they would bask in the fullness of the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation. You know what I see when I look out at all of you? (laughs) (laughs) We're all salivating, aren't we? It's the same thing that our children see on Christmas morning. And I feel the same excitement and anticipation as when I was a child and saw the presents under the Christmas tree. I see every one of you around the tree all gift-wrapped. A present, a gift. Each one of you, a special gift a unique contribution to the family and to the ministry of Faith Covenant Church. And only you can make the ministry of this church and its future work the way God intended your purpose to be. Each of you has been placed here, whether it's been just in the last few moments, the last six months, the last 66 years. You're here to fulfill God's purpose as only each of you can. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, put it this way. I have placed each member of the body just where I desired. You're here by divine appointment this morning. You're a part of this church by divine appointment. You are a gift, and you are gifted by God to serve a purpose in the church's mission, to build the kingdom of God. I recall getting a gift one Christmas, Actually, I didn't get it. What happened was my folks had wrapped it all up, and they had kind of tucked it away because they bought it on a sale sometime or another, and they had tucked it away, and they couldn't find it when Christmas came. (laughs) And it's in my fair uh, objective opinion that they never replaced that gift, so I was one short that Christmas. And the next year we moved, and they came across it as they were moving stuff, and they thought, we'll give it to them this next Christmas. And so there it was underneath the tree. But unfortunately, the package was kind of tattered. The paper had become brittle and was flaking off. The tape had lost its stickiness and so on. And you know how it is when there's something under the tree. You want, you want to know what's in there. We end up breaking it before we even get it. And so there it was, that present. And it also had batteries in it, and those had leaked. And so it basically ruined the toy. And I think I got gypped a second Christmas out of my present, (laughs) now that I think about it. Well, how about you? Are you sitting on a shelf someplace, forgotten? Or are you an active part of what God wants to do here in Sumner through Faith Covenant Church? Many of us have been Christians a long time. We tried and failed and gave up, and others of us figured that somebody else should ask, uh, so we kind of sit around waiting to be asked. Or, or, or like when we were dating, we play hard to get. It seemed to work then. Maybe it'll work in my faith or through my God. And so when people ask, we kind of have this uh, instant humility of, oh, no, I, I really can't, I shouldn't, you know. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody else uh, that's got more abilities, is more gifted than I am. So that leads to the final point. What about us? Is God using each of you? Is God using me? Uh, How many have had an arm or a leg and a cast? Just show of hands. Arm or leg and a cast. Okay, too many of us. (laughs) One of the funniest things about that is I can remember having one on for my ankle. I had sprained my ankle and so on. And he told me if in four weeks, if I could... uh, Uh, maneuver that foot, then I could get the cast off. So he cuts the cast and he holds my foot and then he kind of just props it under my calf and my ankle just went limp. There was nothing there. There's a word they use for that, atrophy. And I think an awful lot of Christians and an awful lot of Christian churches are atrophy. They have lost their muscle tone, they've lost their strength, they've lost their ability to do what seemed like normal functions when the foot was healthy but now, fight as I might, I could not raise that ankle back up again. Towards my knee, it just sat there limp. And the doctor said, well, we're going to need a little more time, and you're going to need a little bit of physical therapy. How many of us are wasting away atrophying due to lack of use of what God wanted and purposed for each one of us to be in this church family? In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 16 and 7, The whole body is to be healthy and growing and full of love. We are to be healthy. We are to be missional. We are to be serving our God. We're to be all pulling together in our journey of faith. So let me ask, what do we expect God to do? Or or let's focus it in a little bit. What do we expect God to do through our church? Or let's tighten the focus even more. What do we expect God to do? through our lives, each one of us. If you are not expecting that God can use you, then you will not be growing. The song we sang this morning, All to Jesus I surrender, All to him I freely give, I will ever love and trust him, In his presence daily live, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Have you done that? Have you surrendered all to your Lord? Are you listening for the voice of our pastor and our council and our committees? Are you listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit leading and prompting you in directions we need to go? You see, God uses surrendered, committed people to do his work. Surrender to his leading. Give your peanut butter and jelly lunch to Jesus and see what he might do with it. With surrendered peanut butter and jelly people, God will bless and multiply our ministries for his glory, so much so that we will have an abundance left over. Pray for how Faith Covenant Church can be a healthy missional church in our community. One of the hurdles in our journey of faith is the feeling that we're just ordinary. We're just no-name, nothing much to offer people. But God, throughout his word and throughout the last 2,000 years of his church, has most often used the ordinary people to accomplish the extraordinary things. I don't know if you've been reading our reader board, but you may have noticed this week that it was we are ordinary people with an extraordinary God. That is the promise of scriptures. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for taking and using the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary, the miraculous. Who would have thought that 12 no-name disciples with little standing, little financial wealth, little of anything seemingly, but a trust in you could change the world in your name. And God, you're calling us to do that now. We symbolically give our tithes and our offerings as we commit our lives to you, Lord. May we think again of how you can use us. We pray this in your name. Amen.